0: God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. So, to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: This is a podcast from The Bugle. La, la,
2: la, 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 la. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, cool. Sorry. Hey,
0: good. Yeah, don't cut that bit off. Can I have that, please? <laughs> yeah, you can
2: have it if you want. Yeah. <laughs>
3: A wise man once said a wise person should have money in their head but not in their heart and that person was then subsequently arrested for stuffing money into people's heads Uh, welcome to the gargle the sonic glossy magazine to the bugles audio newspaper for a visual world i am your host alice fraser and your guest editors for this week's special edition of the gargle are josh gondelman
0: hello thank you for having me
3: thank you for coming and alison spittle welcome back Hello, hello,
2: hello. It is a pleasure to be here with this combination of people. It's lovely.
3: <laughs> We're going to have a look at our front cover, which this week is. Just a pile of money with a pair of feet coming out of it, but we're not sure who's just dived in Scrooge McDuck style. The mystery is on the inside. (laughs) And the satirical cartoon this week is Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk walking into a bar. And then there's a speech bubble from the bartender that says, Oh my, the average net wealth of all 300 other people in this bar has suddenly become $800,000 each.
1: (laughs) This
3: week's special collectors edition is a cryptocurrency edition. It's all about money and it mainly imaginary money. We'll start with a history of money as we flip into the magazine. The Mesopotamian shekel is the first known form of currency other than dick And I'm pretty sure dick pics were the first form of currency because only consistent inflation for the last 5,000 years would explain how ubiquitous and how worthless they are now. Literally, the more dick pics you bring to the table, the less you can buy with them. I mean, think about it. How many dick pics would it take to buy a loaf of bread from you? Your bread shop, imagine it. Someone shows up with a wheelbarrow full of dick pics. How much bread do you give them? Hmm? Something, something, self raising flour.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I was genuinely trying to visualize being a baker and I was like, seven. I fixed that. <laughs>
0: At that point, it ceases to be currency and is almost a threat, right? It's just like, all right, take your dick and go home, have the bread.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the problem. The, the inherent problem of so much cryptocurrency right now is that there's not much you can spend these imaginary coins on other than black market drugs and Russian hitmen. So I'm interested to see uh, what the future of of money holds. So this is our cryptocurrency edition, and I just want to get from our two wonderful guest editors. Uh, Alison Spittle. what do you define cryptocurrency as? What
2: do I define cryptocurrency as? It's a type of currency that uh, a man would talk to me about and then I would walk away from it. Sorry, <laughs> cryptocurrency is <laughs> cryptocurrency. I think I've said this before in this podcast, but it is like the live, laugh, love uh, for men. You know, uh, investing <laughs> in crypto- cryptocurrency. I feel it's a. I feel it's a very like a uh, masculine male vibe off it. And therefore, I've ignored it for a long time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how I would describe cryptocurrency. Yeah, something that men talk about, and I I glaze over when I think about it. But
3: it's imaginary money. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Josh Gornelman, how do you define cryptocurrency?
0: So this has changed over time for me because cryptocurrency is kind of like a unique money that only some people can access and that others can't access, right? Like mm. it, it, it's specific identity. So until I was like 31, to me that was any money. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, it's, ki- it's kind of a, a technologically encoded currency that you just kind of have, and it gains or loses value based on whims, and you don't spend it. it to me, it's like the stock market, if like the Matrix had its own stock market, is what I feel like. <laughs>
3: For me, I think uh, cryptocurrency is the idea that money, real money nowadays, is so integrated with like corruptible systems of control and regulation that are within the fist Mm -hmm. of an untitled few who own it all and won't share it out. And crypto converts are people who want that, but they're the ones in charge.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, Mm. what if we replicated our current financial system, but on your phone, and with 11 guys from Reddit at the top. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel kind of bad about how I described cryptocurrency earlier. And I was just, it's just when I don't know enough about a subject, I just attack men on math. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's
3: my... No, you're, you're not wrong, Alison Spittle. The problem is really the fact that Bitcoin has worked so well and has now, you know, accrued mm. this kind of value was always a f***ing gamble. So while some of the people who have been made wealthy by Bitcoin were smart, forward-thinking tech heads who were really interested in the ways in which the technology could uh, have potential for the future, most other people who bought Bitcoin were just people who'd been carpetbagged by some tech bro podcaster high on hair growth supplements into throwing their Mm -hmm. money into a badly understood black hole that just happened to work out for them and now they think they're smart.
0: (laughs) What we need is gender parity, right? We need to promote gender parity in cryptocurrency. So, I propose we need kind of like a lean in girl boss. Women can be as horrible as men. (laughs) Uh, So, I propose, and this might not be popular, politically correct, we have Bitcoin, the (laughs) cryptocurrency for (laughs) (laughs) CEOs.
2: Amazing. Amazing.
0: (laughs) It's just like, for people who are like, I think women should be able to destroy the economy at the same level men do. That's what we need. So we need to kind of rebrand a cryptocurrency.
3: Yes, the queen. I am a girl boss, but the two last S's (laughs) in boss are both dollar signs. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. It's
2: like when you see those uh, AK-47s that are like in pink camouflage, and you're like, Mm -hmm. good for them. Who did they make that? for
0: you know yes 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 very nfl breast cancer awareness pink uniforms <laughs> it's like okay but what about a traumatic brain injury awareness
3: no <laughs> you know recently jake paul came forward as a champion of uh, female pay parity in boxing and uh i just want to know if i see Women punching each other in the face—that they're getting paid as much as men who punch each other in the face.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. that does sound like it's the first step on his long game to getting to fight a woman, right? That's like <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, "Hey, equal pay," and then it's like, "Well, if we're getting paid the same, we're doing the same job. Let me hit a woman." <laughs> I'm not saying that that's always true in athletics. I'm just saying that's Jake Paul's vibe.
3: Well, yeah, look, at least uh, he's not like Floyd Mayweather who wants them to do it for free.
0: Sure, recreationally, yeah. That's true. At least equal pay. That's so
3: bleak. Well, I'm about to launch my cryptocurrency, which is called Punch Card, and it's every time you get punched in the face, you accrue value.
1: Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. (laughs) BlueNile.com.
3: But it's untaxable and untraceable. Now it's time for your second section, which is uh, the historic money story. Uh, Josh Gondelman, you know about money and history. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a bit more?
0: Of course. So the best thing about money is getting stuff on sale. But the second best thing about money is obviously heists. Like if you steal $50 (laughs) from a random person on the street, I'm going to go... That's not very nice. They probably wanted that for pizza or an extra phone charger or something. But if you steal five hundred thousand dollars from a bank, I'm like, that rules, and you should get to keep it. I think that's the rule. That's the rule now. The biggest bank heist of all time was called the Dunbar Armored Robbery. Robbers stole eighteen point nine million dollars from a bank in Los Angeles in 1997 and if you want to put that in today's terms 18.9 million dollars is enough to fund all 600 movies Nicolas Cage has made since 1997 uh- <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) the criminals got caught because one of them paid a real estate broker with a stack of cash bound with one of the original currency straps that traced them back to the scene of the crime although the broker's suspicion was probably aroused when they paid for a home in a stack of cash that's like (laughs) the third most suspicious way to pay for something number two Pulling the money out of a briefcase handcuffed to your wrist, and number one, loose fistful of bills caked with blood and cocaine. And I do think moving into the present, crypto solves this problem, because it's a currency you can't really use to pay for anything, so you'll never get caught spending the money from a crypto heist. Honestly, it's ingenious.
3: That's a beautiful story and one that I very much enjoy. Alison, have you got an equally excellent historical piece of crypto slash money history? Well, this is this is a
2: piece of Irish history. There's a guy called Sean Quinn who once was one of Ireland's uh, richest men. And uh, due to the financial downturn in the in the late 2010s, um, he brought down a whole bank, Alice. Right. But (laughs) (laughs) he brought down a whole bank. But they say right around where he is from, his village, they say that his whole downfall was due to a fairy's revenge right he built that I and I believe it he built a hotel uh, in his local town and he had to there was a megalithic tomb in the middle of this field that he was going to build his hotel on and the locals warned him do not move that do not touch that Sean you know you may be able to bring a whole cement factory and a whole economy to this town but you can't mess with the fairies so he he moved the <laughs> megalithic tomb to make way for his luxury hotel (laughs) and it's like it's like the plot of a disney film right and then people are convinced that the whole late 2000s uh, financial downturn is due to sean quinn pissing off those fairies and i believe them i believe them because i um i once tried to film a documentary around a fairy fort and um all of the equipment turned off like i'm not i do believe in that stuff you know, once my friend pissed on a fairy fort by accident and she was like bereft, like she just thought it was a field. But uh, a fairy fort is like um, it's a normal Irish field, but it has like uh, stones in like a, a circle. So if it looks like it's too nice to piss in, don't piss in it. That's my number one rule of going to Ireland.
0: That's my rule most places.
3: I mean, what's the mythology then? If you piss in a fairy fort, does your piss come back like a hundred years later, but it hasn't aged a day? (laughs) (laughs) But it comes back a day later and it has aged a hundred years. Like, which way around?
2: I I I think I think the uh, the the mythology is that the fairies the fairies are quite like um you know you know there's been like some trouble in Ireland generally uh, there's been a few wars the first big war between uh, was between humans and fairies and they decided that they were gonna split Ireland in two and the humans thought they were being clever by saying we'll have above ground and you can have below ground mm-hmm. and then the fairies got pissed that they had uh, got into this deal. And now they are getting revenge by uh, destroying uh, whole economies in Ireland, and especially I—I I, I think like four point seven billion for moving a megalithic tomb is a—it's a bad deal.
3: And the Brits thought they were so original with their idea of splitting Ireland in two. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> this is such an—I—I I don't mean this offensively. I'm dazzled yeah. by this story. It's such like a. a wonderful mythic Irish story like I wish in the states we had stuff like that where our financial collapses are just like a bunch of banks gave out subprime mortgage loans like I wish it were fairies
3: (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's like it's kind of funny because like I get weirdly offended, but when Murder She Wrote does an Irish special, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not our country at all, and then I'm going, <laughs> fairies brought the financial crisis, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can't have it both ways, Josh. I can't. Uh, I try, <laughs> but
3: yeah.
0: You hard. deserve it both ways.
3: I know. It's like it's like <laughs> I do that is all the time we have for our history of money section because time is money and now it's time for your ads your ad section now because open brackets insert your own joke about capitalism here or email me for premium access to this punchline close brackets And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Cryptocurrency Investment Advice. For those of you planning to use your imaginary money to buy a superyacht, remember, as of the time of this broadcast, 14.9 superyachts will buy you one Bitcoin or 8,400 Dogecoins, which is the equivalent of one whole episode of The Gargle. (laughs) Earlier this year, Sotheby's has decided to sell some NFTs, lending them legitimacy just as everyone else decided they were garbage. They teamed up with an anonymous artist called Pack, Uh, Buyers were able to purchase as many copies as they wanted of a pack work which featured a single silvery geometric cube for $500 each. Now, on sale, the tears each purchaser spent on realising they had just wasted $500 on an imaginary piece of boring art. Like, it could have been anything. Literally, it's imaginary. The sky's the limit. The limit is your imagination, and you imagined a cube all of those (laughs) tears add up to about half a glass of water
2: (laughs) i didn't think we'd get it for a second time but i was like yes
3: (laughs) this is our current money section things people are doing with cryptocurrency right now allison spittle what are people doing with cryptocurrency right now that is spinning your dial
2: what I want to talk to you about is now, you know, the way we watched the Olympics earlier this year, and there was a 12 year old girl that could skateboard and it made us reassess our life and like Mm -hmm. what we've done. There is a kid who's made Wait there until I check because I want to get the Wait there. There's a kid. He's a 12 year old from London. Uh, His name's Benjamin Ahmed. He's made 290,000 pounds during his school holidays uh, off NFTs. So he's made these uh, things called weird whales, which is like, um, He's he's made these little pictures and there's whales in different situations. They're very pixelated. I'll be honest with you, Alice. I've seen them. They're not they're not worth two hundred ninety thousand quid. I'm sorry, Benjamin. Like I'm happy for you, uh, but also no, I don't understand uh, who is buying these weird whales. But uh, yeah, he's made two hundred ninety thousand uh, quid in his school holidays. I when I was a kid, genuinely this was my it was my it was my first business. I was told by my mum that I was very good at massage and I had a massage business when I was 11 years old <laughs> I used to massage my friend's dad like it was perfectly fine <laughs> it was over the t-shirt and like it was in a room with about 600 people so I, you know there's nothing there's a lot of stuff that I have to go to a psychiatrist about but not that that is perfectly fine <laughs> But uh, yeah, so this kid is making NFTs. I used to massage people. You know, we all we all got to hustle in our own way, and I love it because as well. I think he's like he's he's aware. He's very self-aware as a kid. He's going, you know, uh, not everyone could do NFTs. And of course, my father has been teaching me how to code since I was a young kid. So I and I've got a lot of advice off other people that are involved in NFTs. So I believe this kid like has fully kind of got seen what's happened before, and uh, it's decided. Not to get burned with it. It's a yeah.
3: It's a great story. Good luck for you, Benjamin.
2: Benjamin. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and Josh Gundelman, what are people doing with cryptocurrency that's making you excited right now?
0: Oh gosh. Well, first of all, I think that's a wonderful story. I think I would pay. Two hundred whatever thousand dollars for a child's art just because it comes in a way you don't have to put on your refrigerator, right? <laughs> like an NFT, yeah. you you can't just display like that, and it's worth the money because it's like, yeah, uh, oh yeah, your ugly whales are uh, they're they're on the blockchain. Why, we, of course, that's why we're not putting them up on the wall. Oh my God, Josh, this
3: is genius! I am going mm-hmm. to do this to my child when they bring home a piece of art. I'll say, this is so good, I'm going to buy an NFT I'm of make it. An NFT an event. Stick it in the bin and keep the NFT forever.
0: That's the new wave of parenting.
3: (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I love the idea of NFTs. It's potentially incredible technology with implications for copyright and for the future and for the economy. But so many of the uses of it are so f***ing dumb. It is Mm. genuinely beyond the capacity of the human mind to encompass how dumb they are.
0: Wow. That is a perfect transition into the story that I'd like to talk about. (laughs) because the original doge meme right the shiba inu that looks kind of confused and there's text around it that that meme uh, an nft of that meme sold for four million dollars but uh the good news is you don't have to care the other good news <laughs> is that you can buy a fraction of a stake in the original meme for less than a dollar so finally for less than one dollar you can get nothing we've now figured out how to divide by zero this is a mathematical blockbuster is what this is and you don't even have to buy nfts that's what's great about them right they exist and people are spending all this money but you don't have to buy them i just tell people i own nfts and it's not impressive but it does end a lot of awkward conversations where people go what have you been doing I go, i've go, i been getting really into spending all my money on blockchain art and they go no further questions uh, <laughs> paying for nfts is such rich person shit that's what gets me it's like hey i spent four million dollars on the idea of a thing that isn't good but was already free I'm all in.
3: <laughs> well, I desperately want to break into the uh, abstract NFT market and find out <laughs> really if the look on his face really was priceless.
0: Mm-hmm. I Well, abstract NFTs are perfect because I don't think, I think the concept isn't just abstract art made as an NFT. It's just abstract coding, right? So just lines of code that don't actually make sense, uh, but it's about the the feeling and the impression they give you. I would want that as an NFT. Yeah.
3: How much would you pay to imagine that you own the idea of hope?
0: <laughs> how much would I pay for hope? I, I don't know. How, like, how much do antidepressants <laughs> cost? How,
2: how many dick pics can I get with hope? Like, that's what I want
0: <laughs> Similarly, every dick pic you see that you don't ask for, you lose a little hope. Uh, <laughs> yes! Yeah
3: so sorry to cut things short but josh and allison brought so much crypto goodness to this recording that we've had to split it in two and of course splitting it in two makes it even stronger like homeopathy so come back and join us next week for reviews crypto utopias and crypto scams thank you for listening to part one of this cryptocurrency collector's edition of the gargle I'm Alice Fraser. Find me online at, at Alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Or support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. That's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, blogs, and my weekly Tea with Alice salons. This is a Bugle podcast, and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. And I'll talk to you again next week.
0: You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions, and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts.
2: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts.
1: Here's a show that we recommend.
3: Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jessie
1: Cruikshank.